0: Thank you, thank you for allowing me to stand in and for her, and I thank Jesus that she has at least made it back for a service, and hope she continues to do that, and yes, and um, happy happy Veterans Day, everything was closed that I wanted to do today, (laughs) but um, God has really been working on me the last few weeks. And uh, we're going to roll up our sleeves a little bit tonight, and we're going to really get down to some meat and potatoes tonight. And a little closer, is that good? Thank you. Um, Tonight I'm going to be speaking about being a veteran for Jesus. Uh, Webster's Dictionary definition of a veteran is one grown old in service and one who has served in a war. I don't know about you, but I feel like I've been in a lot of wars lately. (laughs) Relationship war, financial war, business war, spiritual war. It's just been coming from every direction. And I don't know what battles you're fighting. There may be things going on in your life that you're fighting. And I hope that what I have to say tonight will help you understand that, you know, you're not the only one going through stuff. It doesn't matter what area it's in, somebody's experienced something, and that's why we have this unity in our church to come along and grab somebody. A soldier doesn't leave someone behind. They usually run right back in and uh, make sure that they grab that soldier and help them out. So, you know, when we see our fellow Christians out of the church, do we really follow up on it? Or are we just saying, well, we miss them we're praying for them, but they don't know we're praying for them. Sometimes I need to know people are praying for me. It comforts me. So, and I thank my mom tonight for that because she texted me a prayer <laughs> before coming in tonight because I had the tremors tonight because um, I have a pretty powerful word here tonight. Um, Satan knows when a soldier starts to grow weary, and that's when he comes in. That's when he comes in and he gets you and he gets you starting to think about other things instead of keeping your eyes on Jesus. And so I say to you, church, to let God be your eyes. He knows. He knows the path that He's already chosen for us, and so we don't have to worry about it. I, uh, you can turn in your Bible to Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I've been meditating on this verse for about three weeks because I've chosen a new path for my life and I have personally been being attacked by Satan. My income has dropped at an all-time low for the first time this year. Um, just when you need an extra 600 a month <laughs> because you got a new home that Jesus blessed you with and your budget's here but your income ain't meeting it. So you know, I've been staying under the anointing of the Lord. I don't care how many times I got to come up here and get anointed. I'm not going to be embarrassed to come up here and get anointed because that is my defense. Just praying ain't enough. I got to stay anointed, and I at least know enough now. I've been through enough stuff now that I know that I got to stay under the anointing of Jesus to make it through. So um, Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That really helps me get through some of my days when I have no phone calls and no person walks down the hallway (laughs) and I'm alone all day. You know, I just meditate on this and know that it's going to all be okay. It's got to be. I keep thinking, why would God give me a beautiful home on the lake? And not give me the way to take care of it. He just wouldn't do that. And I keep saying that every time Satan's been trying to get in there lately. He's got me in depression. I was in a little bit of depression last weekend. Kind of hid out at home. Just kind of wrote my sermon. You know. Started getting ready for tonight. Because we all have stuff. And this is my stuff. And I'm a real person standing up here. And I've been saved for a long time, and I've seen Jesus work over and over and over, not only in my life, but people that come to me I, I can't, because of the business I'm in. I hear hurts and marriages falling apart and people losing their jobs and their house, and, and they seek my shop out. That's why I'm successful, because they feel it in there, and I want to keep projecting that out. I want people to feel comfortable enough to come in there and feel it. Um. There's five qualities that I found that a good soldier has. Number one, you have to have guts to sign up. Right? I don't know if I could walk into a recruiter's office and sign (laughs) up to be in the army. I probably wouldn't make it through basic. Um, But do you have the guts to sign up for God's army? Mm -hmm. The second thing is a good soldier is faithful in his service. Have you been faithful in God, or have you chosen yourself? Are you in here in your heart thinking about yourself? I am. I gotta be honest. I've been like, oh, how am I gonna make it, Lord? You know, I need this amount, and over and over and over. And I'm like, no, Anita, you just gotta trust. You just got I keep trying to stop myself because you know He doesn't stop attacking. He may, you know, you can rebuke Him out and you can do all that, but He comes right back in the next time you turn around. The third thing is, is a good soldier is familiar with the commander's voice. When was the last time you sought God's voice? Also, a soldier must be familiar with his weapons. Have you read the word today so that you can defeat the enemy head on? Have you stayed in the anointing of God during your battle? The fourth thing is, a soldier has to have some fight in him. He's determined, driven, dedicated. The fifth thing is a soldier is a finisher. A soldier must resolve. He must resolve. He is in it for the long haul. Does not quit at the first sign of trouble. Let's say you're on a diet. How many have been on a diet? (laughs) Okay, how many have failed at a diet? (laughs) Okay, we sin, so what? Brush yourself off start over. Same thing as when you're dieting. If you have a, a big piece of chocolate cake, you just don't give up. You just get right back on it. That's what we have to do after we sin. We need to repent that, get it out, and move on. Don't be harboring. And I mean, I'm good at beating myself up. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I am my own worst critic, and it's really hard to get past that. I'm trying to change some things, but it is difficult, especially if you've done it all your life. Um. Do you give in to Satan's tactics easily, or do you fight with the word? What's got a hold on you, church, from becoming a good soldier? Tonight, I'd like to talk a little bit about spiritual warfare. Uh, Second, I'm reading out of the uh, NIV version this evening. Sometimes I need it in a little simpler terms for me, Um, so I wanted to let you know that up front. 2 Corinthians ten three through 5 is where I'll be reading. If you listen to the pastor when she prays over you, when she's uh, anointing you, you will hear the words in this voice, and I think that that's awesome that we have this wonderful church where we can have the, the word of God prayed over us right here. And it's not just here. I'm sure if we had a really serious problem and we showed up at her house, it would be done there too. I mean, I know that. I know if I'm in trouble, I can go there. And that's important to me. And I thank you both, Andy and Connie, for that very much, for being great pastors to me. 2 um, Corinthians ten three through 5. For though we live in the world, we do not rage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world on the contrary they have divine power to demolish strongholds we demolish strong arguments, every pretension that sets itself up against knowledge of god and we take captive every thought to make it be obedient to christ the enemy who has a stronghold on us is deeply entrenched in our minds he is deeply embedded in our wills and our emotions i seem to have willpower but my emotions is an area where I need to pay attention b- to make sure the enemy stays clear. I get too emotionally involved in stuff, and then the next thing I know, I'm in trouble. My curiosity gets the best of me, and then there you go. So I know, I know. at least you know, y- if you get down and really search yourself, and you find out what's the trigger, then it's easier to deal with the next time the enemy comes in. Uh, facing the enemy within. Matthew 15, 11. What goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean. But what comes out of his mouth, that is what makes him unclean. Also, Matthew fifteen eighteen through 19. We can jump down there. But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and these things make a man unclean. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immortality, theft, false testimony and slander so how do you recognize a stronghold they are the things that prevent spiritual progress they are usually the areas of great struggle or conflict it may be a person a place a predicament or sometimes even health problems can hinder us harbor us or hold us in its clutches as it seeks to destroy our potential for Christ Do you know where self has a hold on you? It is wrong to seek refuge where we cannot live without encountering the difficulties our world imposes upon us. Jesus came into this world and met the problems of sin head on. And so we need to face the reality for our opposing natures. We cannot escape from self by running. If stronghold, if a, if someone has a stronghold on you and you run, you will simply drag that person with you. Same's true with yourself. I was thinking about this on the way here. If I run from my shadow, guess what? <laughs> my shadow's right there still. It's not going to leave. It's always going to follow you. You can move out of state. You can do whatever, but you still have yourself. So for people that are struggling with themselves and and are running I I have a few friends like that I think that are running and they're gonna catch up with themselves the world's arguments are designed to make change the way you think about what you do rather than change what you do so they're trying to get you to think this way instead of what you really should be changing to do the media is a perfect example of this remember the election and they all were like blah, 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 and it was sickening. <laughs> and they were just trying to get you to change your mind, you know, for good or bad. Um, if you captivate a person's mind, you make a person a prisoner. Peter says we must prepare our minds for action. First Peter 1, 13 through sixteen. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to evil, the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, Be holy because I am holy. The demons are working to take over our minds. They're also working overtime to take over our minds. We Christians think sometimes that Satan will leave us alone, but he doesn't. Peter says that Satan is walking about as a roaring lion seeking to devour, which 1 Peter 5, 8 through 11. Be self-controlled and alert your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour in verse 9 Jesus is warning us resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings in verse 10 is the promise and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Verse 11, to him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Before you can get a grip on your life, you have to admit to God you're weak. Before you can even go to God, you got to know where your weaknesses are. So I want you to really search for that tonight, church. Where is your stronghold? What's holding you back from being a good soldier for Jesus? The reason we hide in sin is because we think we can handle it ourselves. I'm good at that. (laughs) Oh, I can do it. Only God's powerful truth can lead us out of the darkness of sin. Our weaknesses are real, church. But we glory in the grace that God promises us victory take notice what God promised the first-century disciples realize these promises are just as real today we not we may not visibly see miracles every day but we realize supernatural power is among us and work in our life luke 1019 behold i give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I read this verse, and it really meant a lot to me because it made me realize that Jesus doesn't want anything to hurt me. Even though it feels like you're being punished because you know you just sinned, and and you're beating yourself up. He's already forgotten it, but you're still, you know, going on and on and on. Okay, and the next little section here I have is the wounds of the world. I was driving home the other night and saw this sign that said, there are no unwounded soldiers. I thought, wow, how true. You know, I never thought of it that way. But even as a Christian, we have wounds. Jesus had wounds when he died on the cross. What wounds do we have today that we are still trying to heal? And and she didn't even know what I was going to preach about tonight or talk about. And she already set it up for me. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> there's emotional wounds that can be inflicted by parents. If you had an alcoholic parent or someone that was never home or you felt abandoned or maybe your parents even abandoned you. Uh, there's physical, mental, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, broken relationships, a major disappointment, a nasty divorce. The result in the behavior, because of these wounds, this is how we act out. And unfortunately, I can make a pretty long list out of here, so please forgive me. (laughs) The result in behavior is because of the wounds. Sometimes we hurt others. Act out in anger. (laughs) Become bitter, hate, and violence. Repeating what happened to you you do it to someone else. Shame, guilt and unworthiness, self-condemnation, no confidence, low self-esteem, loneliness, withdrawn, eating disorder, lethargic about life, no sense of humor, deep sense of depression and despair, addictions and suicidal tendencies. Think about the wounds you are holding back from receiving God's blessings. How does the healing come? First, we must believe that Jesus really wants and desires to heal us. If you don't have an open heart to it, he's not going to heal you. We must come out of denial and openly acknowledge and confess our wound. That's not so easy. I don't want to look at it. (laughs) We must have the courage to face the wound, and the pain, and the ugliness of it. We must deal with the root, and not just the symptom. You've ever heard that before? I see all kinds of medications on TV that you know they'll take care of the problem, but then they add more problems. You know the side effects are worse than the disease, and I'm like, oh, I'll just I'll just pray over that. <laughs> um, we must forgive and let go. That is hard. But boy, when you achieve it, Sally, it's an awesome feeling. When you've been harboring something and you make amends with that person, I just went through a situation like that where I made amends with my ex-husband and we actually have a halfway decent relationship now and didn't talk for two years. After our divorce, no words were ever exchanged. I had hate and resentment, and the list goes on and on and on. And he, he's strong in the Lord, and he knows a lot of prophecy and things like that, and he's knowledgeable in the word. And I'm thankful that I got to let it go. He forgave me, and I forgave him, and we moved on. That's really what it's about. We must find a safe environment, though, to take off the mask, to deal with the wound. You just don't want to, ex- you know, it's it's a tender situation. You know, if you've ever had a wound, you don't want people prodding around in there and, you know, doing whatever. You want to keep it covered. We must take comfort and strength in God's word. We must engage in spiritual warfare. We must repent in areas where our own sin has caused damage. Do you think your sin has caused damage to someone else? Sometimes our mouth. I have a smart mouth. And I was always in trouble for that as a kid. (laughs) And it still is there. Sometimes the sharp tongue is still there. Yes, Lord. In conclusion tonight, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10, I'll give you time to get there since we're in conclusion here. 2 Corinthians twelve seven through 10. To keep me from being conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in the weaknesses, in the insults, in the hardships, in the persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Church, I urge you to take inventory of your wounds. Are you ready to get out of denial and be a better soldier for Jesus? And I thank you very much for being here tonight and supporting our wonderful church. And I'm uh, going to ask Ted to please stand and pray for us. And uh, we'll...